Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Hold up. Hour two on the block coming your way on a thirsty Thursday. Thanks for dialing us in. 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com, or a Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, Sarter Heyman live video stream. For uh, the number for you to get in to the show, that same number, 402-464-5685, the Sarter Heyman hotline, or the text line, the Honda of Lincoln hotline. We start the hour off with NBA. We'll keep the NBA conversation going, probably through the crossover. Uh, but Strick, to the text line we go. Cubsker had a question before we get into the second half storylines for the NBA. Uh, Cubsker says, I've noticed an uptick in technical fouls in the NBA. Is that true? And if so, why? It could be a bunch of faking and foolery. It could be a bunch of chatterboxing. Um, there has been an uptick in, you know, you know, especially out of Memphis, a lot of jaw jog, you know, running mouths and stuff like that so it could be a little bit of that um they're they're making so much money now that you know they don't care about the fines (laughs) obviously uh yeah i mean because you get fined you get fined if you get technicals and and then you get suspended they probably want the day off you know for rest yeah all that stuff so yeah that's probably why you know this it, it could be a thing from the referees um you know, the uh, the leaders there that are saying, you know, they're just not going to continue to tolerate it. So we'll see. Did you ever get teed up in the oh, NBA game? Oh, sure, for sure. Um, even sometimes where it wasn't warranted, um, you know, uh, trying to have a discussion. One of the main ones that, that did that was Joey Crawford. I was he just going to ask if you got a Joey Crawford yeah, tee. <laughs> Joey. I used to always say to myself, <clears throat> you know, this is before I actually, when I was in G League refereeing training, um, Joey was one of the the, the trainers and the, the guys there that did that, and so getting to know him off the the uh, the court helped because I used to say if I ever see Joey in a back alley, I might just <laughs> steal on him. Like <laughs> I that's how bad I just couldn't stand him. But mm-hmm. you know, yeah, he was. I, I really loved Dick Bavetta. I thought he was a he was just a fun loving guy. You know, there were certain guys that you could just really talk to. You can have good you know conversations with, and they'd be honest with you. They'd be real with you about it. But there were some where you like you know if you looked at him wrong, obviously you know that he got in a little bit of trouble with the um, um, with the um, um, Tim Duncan situation oh, where right. Tim was sitting yeah. on the bench and, you know, he threw him out, tossed him out. He got in a little bit of trouble about that. But, you know, so he, he he's a very wiry type of dude. Who are some of the players you played with that got teed up the most? Who are the ones that never got teed up? Is there someone you thought should have gotten teed up that didn't one time, vice versa? Um, Guys that got teed up on, shoot, um, probably Antoine Walker. He was very animated. Um, my Dallas teams, they're pretty cool. Maybe Gary Trent mm. when I was on those teams. Um, Milwaukee, was, everybody was pretty cool. I mean, not many guys. I mean, that just well, – I did play with Dennis Rodman for a period, so he did get some. There you go. He was very animated, taking shirts off, sitting in the middle of the court. <laughs> yeah, he did all that crazy stuff. So, yeah, those, those, those were probably some of the guys mostly that would happen. We're, we're pretty mild-mannered guys you know we played you know we got tees if we responded to certain calls maybe but you know nothing overt as you watch games 
as from both the player perspective and from the ref perspective, what percentage of technicals that you see called in today's NBA or today's college basketball do you think are deserved? <laughs> what percentage? There's quite a bit that I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> but then I'm not there. So, you you know, there are some that I, I can say there are some where I've seen guys are talking to their own teammates or guys were talking somewhere else. And, you know, you're not supposed to just be ear hustling. You know, you, you, if it's directed at you, if it's animated to you, if guys jump off bench towards you or buck up to you, then, yeah, you know, there's tools. But, you know, there's some where guys are ear hustling and, you know, you shouldn't be ear hustling. You should just, you know, pass over and maybe go have a discussion with the man, you know. But guys are so sensitive. A lot of guys are Ralph Tresvant. <laughs> <laughs> When I say Ralph Tresvant, Ralph Tresvant had a song out called Men with Sensitivity. Mm. There's a lot of sensitive, just guys with, you know, their underwears in bunches, man. And, you know, you got to have tough skin to do that. And and listen, it's not easy because I, I know refereeing. I mean, I've had parents and coaches and, I mean, I've had coaches that wanted to, you know, get buck after games. I'm like, well, you, for what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you, I mean, you, you took the L – I didn't change the game, you know, call the game as I see it. You know, yeah, if I make a mistake, that doesn't mean that we need to buck up. But it's getting, it's getting crazy out there now. And I think that's why a lot of referees, there's not a lot of good ones. There's not a lot of them out there because, you know, there are a lot of guys that just don't want the headaches. One of Even the, in high school. Oh, Even yeah. In high school. yeah. One of the technicals that always confuses me is – and then this this will tie into kind of what we were talking about at the end of happy hour with Rico and the best refs refing the gray, like you said, the hanging on the rim technical, right? There was one in last year's tournament. RJ Melendez from Illinois hangs on the rim. To me, that's more a, a, a for two reasons: either a little bit of a celebration or to avoid hitting someone that's right under the basket, whether yeah. you're going to swing into them or drop on the ground. To me, the the refs that do the black and white by the rule book call it immediately but the ones that ref the gray are the ones that give you a little bit of a hang and they understand the situation yeah i mean hang can be determined if you if you jump off of one leg and you know your momentum sometimes swings you out it it's the pull-ups like if you do pull-ups or do slapping glasses and stuff like that yeah that's warranted but you know it just just a normal dunk where there is guys that sometimes find themselves in vicinity underneath you you just taking a second to let things clear that, that those aren't warranted to me but you know people do like you say they they they'll blow it they're so they're so technical in in in, in the whole thing yeah he hung but there did you check why right yeah uh, one more before we get your thoughts on the NBA second half from the YouTube stream. Thanks to Nick for chiming in here. He asked, whatever happened to Woolridge? Is he coaching, living large in Europe? Hope he's doing something as an Omaha legend. Um, Andre Woolridge is, he's training, uh, the, the next generation of young men. He's put a lot of them in college and some of them have great success. He's out in Sacramento. Uh, he has his own Academy, uh, all world. Uh, I think it's all world balling, um, I think that's what it's called, and he's out in Sacramento doing that, training young men. He's still playing a little bit, um, still in great shape. But, um, yeah, he's he's out there in the California coast. Awesome to hear. Good deal. Turning our attention to the second half of the NBA season, Strick, let's start in the Western Conference. What are you watching in the second half of the season in the West? Well, I, obviously it's it's going to be a fight, you know, coming down the pipe. Um, in the Western Conference, um, obviously you got to be looking at the MVP race. 
Um, how's that going to pan out? You know, is Luka going to be able to make a run at it? Um, obviously, Nikola, Nikola Jokic is having a phenomenal season, averaging a triple-double uh, at the center position, which is absolutely astonishing, especially after winning back-to-back. He's still in the mix of it. Um, you know, he would be, what, only the fourth player to win three consecutive MVPs uh, with Larry Bird, Wilt Chamberlain, and Bill Russell. Uh, which is Good great company. names. That's great company to look at. Um, something to look out west is, you know, what's going to happen is, um, you know, with the Lakers, the adjustments that they made, obviously uh, Westbrook being traded, um, the additions, some great shooting that they've added. Um, you know, uh, you got to think about LeBron's legacy. You know, yes, he's won the, uh, the you know, the all-important, you know, all-time points leader. But um, there's something that he hasn't done in his career, and that's missed the playoffs in two consecutive years. Is, is that something that's going to be um, possibly in the mix of it? I mean, right now they're 13th uh, in that. There's only, what, 20-something to 20, 24 to 27 games left. Mm-hmm. Uh, can they make a run? But the problem with that is other teams have gotten better. Uh, you know, you may have a couple guys that have some tank options in their in their minds, but they have resources, so they don't necessarily have to tank. They can continue to let their teams play, like Oklahoma City. They've got great resources in, in order to, if they want to move up, they can throw three first-rounders at you to get in the women Yama sweepstakes. Um, so, you know, how are they going to gel? You know, what are you going to get out of Anthony Davis? It, to me, it seems like there was some frustration out of Anthony Davis Um not just with LeBron winning, but, you know, with what the team is, is doing. I venture to say some of the frustration looked like to me, allegedly, that he might have wanted to be on the, the move. Mm. You know, um, that's, that's you know, I, I can understand. He probably was the most valuable of the chips outside, you know, giving away those 2027 20, first round. That's nothing. Um, but, you know, that could have been some frustration out of there. So keeping an eye on that. You swap- and obviously the 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 Kyrie Irving and mm-hmm. how they're going to mesh. Now they're going to get a chance to play a lot more games together. You know how's that going to work out? What do you think Act Two in Los Angeles looks like for D'Angelo Russell? I mean, he's more mature. Um, he's playing tremendous ball. He's he's developed his game. Um, you know, when you look at what they were able to do in some instances, now they're going to have a a guy who actually can lead the charge and actually can can stretch the floor and open up the lane to allow, you know, LeBron and AD space in there. Also with um um what's my guy's name? Um uh shooter. I came from Minnesota to Utah. Um for some reason I want to say Bagwell. It's not um, Beasley. 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 Malik there Beasley. we go. Get there eventually. <laughs> yeah, Malik Beasley. I mean, those guys can stretch the floor a little bit. Um, their issue is going to be defense. Uh, they're a very bad defensive team. Are they going to be able to, you know, step that area up in their, you know, this final stretch? More likely to get home court in the first round. Your current number three in the West, Sacramento. Your current five in the West, Phoenix. So, so what's the question? Who's more likely to get a first-round home playoff series? Phoenix or? Sacramento. I, I, I think Sacramento. You know, mm-hmm. listen, they, they've been playing together. They've been staying together. They've got all their weapons. Sabonis is a beast. And De'Aaron Fox and that crew, are, are they're solid. 
unexpectedly solid. Right. But I, I think they I think they're with the with the games left coming down the stretch, I think they'll they'll be fine. Now I think something to watch out West is is who's gonna emerge out of it. Just keep your eyes and watch out for Golden State, man. I mean they're just <laughs> you just can't count them out. You just they just they've got it and they've been slowly creeping. Um, they're gonna be a they're gonna be a worry worrisome uh, matchup to anybody. Uh, I think they're gonna probably they would feel better getting to six so they don't have to do any play in. Mm-hmm. But uh, watch out for them. They very much can emerge. Some some are saying that they think it could look like Denver and them. Hmm. So need Steph back. Obviously, <laughs> having yeah. Steph Curry helps. I'm glad you brought them up because I was going to ask about them, but you answered that. Here's something to keep an eye on for me: the grit or the the Nuggets strick, 27 and four at home, incredible yeah. home record, 14 and 14 on the road. Some of that makes sense because you know pretty much every team is going to be better at home. Did you notice the altitude difference when you played in Denver? Heck yeah, Heck it, it yeah. is a thing. Heck it's real. Yeah. It's real. Heck yeah. I mean, we all we always had to have oxygen. You know, because you don't have enough time to adjust to that altitude. So, mm-hmm. we had oxygen, and in those first, those that the the first uh, adrenaline dump that you have, and then you're like, whoa, wait a <laughs> minute! It's like your legs don't want to pick up. You don't want to get up and down, especially if you're a running team like we were. Whew, yeah, it hits, and then until you finally kind of, you know, get up out of it, it it's serious. It it is real. It is definitely real. Something to monitor in the West. Okay, out East. What has your your eyeballs tuned in out East? Um, you know, the East is going to probably come down to a, a you know maybe a three teamer, maybe add a fourth. Uh, probably a disappointment is Atlanta. You know, I thought Atlanta probably would have been a lot better. Your thoughts on Nate, Nate McMillan getting uh, let go? Yeah, they're just not. That's the thing. You know, in in the NBA, one of the first things to go is going to be the coach when you're because it's it, it it has become a player's league so you know if the 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 key to having longevity in the NBA is having the ability to have rapport if you lose that especially with your star players uh, you just you just can't recover so they're going to move you before they move them right mm-hmm. um they're making hundreds and millions of dollars <laughs> and you're making you know a couple uh, million, yeah a few like, million. you know four or five a, a year and it's like it's easier to just move them and find and fit somebody else into that spot um so that has been a disappointment but it's gonna it's gonna come down to i think three um and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Sutter Heyman text line 402-464-5685. But I think it's going to be either Boston, Philly, and then um, keep your eye out on Cleveland. Cleveland ain't mm. no slouch. You know, I think Spider's got them going. No Milwaukee? Oh, that's why it's four. Yeah, <laughs> Milwaukee. I think I, I, I think I think Milwaukee is is solid. It, I think Milwaukee's solid. It, it's funny that you left them off for a second because, Strick, I didn't realize they were only a half game back at Boston. Yeah. Boston's been the talk of the East, and they've been probably the most consistent team. Milwaukee's won 12 in a row. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. You know, the best thing that happened to them is Chris Middleton's healthy. Yes. So, yes. so Middleton getting back, and you're getting that extra scoring, great defensive prowess out front, uh, led by um, uh, Drew Holiday. Um, he's running the show. He's he's playing pretty efficiently, uh, and they've got great backups. They they've got a pretty good bench. They got a pretty deep bench. So uh, yeah, yeah. Watch watch Milwaukee. You know, just you just hope that the the hand and the injury to his right hand on on uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo mm-hmm. is not going to be something that's going to hinder him uh, ultimately. The middle of the East 
is fascinating to me. I'm going to put Cleveland in the top because they're the four seed now, so I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Five through ten, I don't think there's a single team I trust between the Nets down the two big names, the Knicks. I'm I'm not sure about them. Um, the Heat. They could be a they could be a scary first rounder. I just don't see them going deep. But go ahead. Yeah. The, then the Heat, the Hawks you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Then the Wizards and your Raptors are your nine yeah. ten, and there's a reason they're on the periphery. But nobody in that group really enthuses me. Yeah. Nobody scares me down that way. That's why I think it's. It's going to be one of those four. Um, they thinned out, which is going to make it even better for Boston. Um, probably even better for uh, Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, but just just the way that Cleveland can get after you, they can put points up and they can they can defend their that their scary proposition. So the Raptors sit in tenth at twenty eight and thirty one. Two games back of them are the Bulls. Uh, half a game back of the Bulls are the Pacers, and then a game and a half back are the Magic. Any of those three teams able to make a run to the play-in? Um, you know, like you say, you, anytime you have great guard play, to, uh, Tyrese Halliburton and that crew, they have a, a potential to do it. They've got a good center. They've got, you know, um, I don't know if they shoot the three completely as a team good enough, um, but, yeah, they don't scare me. That's That's nothing that would scare me, you know, as far as being in the East. Um, no, definitely not Toronto. None, none of them at that point would do so. Um, you got to feel bad for the Pelicans because they got off to a tremendous start. Um, now it's sad because that's the thing. I mean, there, you notice we haven't mentioned Memphis. I think Memphis mm-hmm. is doing more talking than playing to me. I mean, yes, they're still kind of there in the mix of it, but you know, when it comes down to it in a series, you know, what, what are you going to get? You're gonna are you gonna get flashing flashing dash, a lot of mouth and no production, or are you gonna get a Memphis team that's gonna mature and go out and go and take something? Is that because of Jaw, or does Jaw need to do more to stop that? I mean he's part of it. He's definitely probably initiator <laughs> of it. And then, you know, just a nasty, nasty player in um Brooks. Brooks is just nasty, you know, and mm-hmm. Um, and, and a real nice guy is kind of starting to carry off into it, and that's Desmond Bain, and, and it, it, the culture is starting to breed. Um, the quiet guy that just covers them a lot is Adams. Right. Um, but, you know, they, they, they can win. I mean, they're, they're a lot of flash, but that's the thing is when it comes down to lockdown and then scouting reports get to you, uh, you know, are they going to be – can you trust them? And that's where I don't know if I, I, I feel comfortable in that. Who do you think makes a bigger impact on the West in the next two or three seasons? Zion Williamson, Jaron Jackson Jr.? Uh, probably Jaron Jackson Jr. for me. He's probably the most consistent. He's healthy. He, he You know, when he's healthy, he's, you know. He's all, he's all NBA, like, first-team defense, if not yeah. defensive player of the year good. Yeah, no, yeah, he's that good. He challenges, he blocks, he runs. Um, yeah. That that's something. Um, keep an eye out in Phoenix. Don't 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 write them out because we just got to see how they're going to gel, and we'll know very quickly on how that that meshes together. I think it takes a lot of pressure off of Chris Paul, um, you know, with with his addition. So Chris can just be solid in his mid range and drop dimes. His assist numbers will probably start going through the roof a little bit. And, um, you know, but I think um, that a key component is what are you going to get out of DeAndre Aiden? Mm-hmm. Um, that's what's going to, you know, determine, I think, where they go. KD supposed to be back this week. 
He's been targeting this week as his return. How long do you think it takes to get him integrated? Or what's that like, integrating a piece like him into the system? I mean, KD's a, a dominant figure, but he's he's able to work himself in. So um, kind of like I think State. it's just going to be for for them to figure out what style they're going to play. Mm. You know, they've, they've been a one matchup, one-on-one type of team, run a lot of pick and rolls, mm-hmm. um, stretch the floor. But are they going to go to a free flow, like you say, Golden State style? Or are they going to continue with the one-on-one? When that ball gets stagnant, then, you know, that's going to be the issue. You know, are they going to have a lot of stagnation or are they going to, you know, be moving and cutting? And that's what that's what KD's coming from. I think KD's success and the success that they were having out in Brooklyn is because they opened up and they were a lot of movement, a lot of ball movement. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if Phoenix can do that, they can be dangerous. It's hard to rely on one-on-one scoring even when you're as good as Kevin Durant. If you have that as a fail-safe, that seems like a good thing to go to. Uh Cubs Ground, the text line, asks, too, uh, my girlfriend secured tickets to Sunday's Kings-Thunder game. What should I keep an eye on in that game? Um, <laughs> I just watch the youth of uh, OKC. I mean, like I'm saying, they've got so many uh, things. They've got great youth. Josh Giddy is a phenomenal, uh, you know, dimer. He drop dimes mm-hmm. on you. Um, just how hard their youth play. But Sacramento is, is – is, listen, they're quietly tough. And Sabonis is a hell of a matchup, you know. Um, you know, Pete, I don't, th- I don't think he gets as much credit as I think he should. There you go. Keep the NBA conversation going. Next, one of Strick's uh, old teammates, one of our new NBA, NBA insiders, Cedric Sabalis, is uh, supposed to join the show next. We'll connect with him over break and keep the NBA conversation going.